before i begin with the word i just want to say what the lord has told me about today so that it can set some expectations right when jesus was being tempted in the wilderness for 40 days 40 nights and after the temptation was over the angels came to jesus to minister to him and i believe there's a ministering of the angels today if you need strength the angels will come and strengthen you encourage you so be expectant the other thing is i see uh, as peter was preaching as he was speaking people received the holy spirit as he was speaking as god starts speaking you shall encounter the power of the holy spirit if you're expecting today if you're just willing i'm telling you i'm telling you if you're willing as the word is being spoken you shall encounter the holy spirit the power of the holy spirit amen and what i see in my spirit is i see the hand of the lord such a big hand that is coming upon your life is coming upon you amen this is this today is the day of impartation i'm telling you so what what you've been needing you can receive in just one impartation in the kingdom you don't earn you don't do something and earn your blessing in the kingdom you receive the blessing so the only criteria to receive in the kingdom is humility is your willingness that's why if you see jesus goes and asks anybody who is sick are you willing to be healed because your willingness will open the doors of your heart to receive the blessing so if you are willing today the hand of the lord will come upon you amen jabez prayed like this he said lord i just pray that you will bless me i pray that you will bless me and you will increase me and the hand of the lord will be upon me amen just imagine if the hand of the lord is upon you in delhi everybody wants to show that they have a backup right so especially if like if you're stopped by the traffic cop and you're fighting with him you'll tell some mla's name and say his hand is upon me so you better not touch me we are talking about the king of kings his hand is upon you his backing is upon you no evil shall befall you nothing shall touch you amen that's the kind of protection and privilege that you will experience amen are you expecting today so just close your eyes for the next 30 seconds i want you to raise your voice and speak it out in expectation say lord here i am here's my willingness touch me speak to me come on come on come on come on open your mouth open your mouth open your mouth open your mouth come on come on come on rekhe di adala ma kha shekhe de 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 if you can speak in tongues speak in tongues shekha di adala ma kha si adala ma ga shekhe de de di adala ba ga shekhe di go for it guys go for it this is the day of salvation this is the day that the lord has made receive it receive it by faith rekhe di adala ma kha shekhe de 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 thank you jesus come on by faith give thanks to jesus that you have already received it the petitions have been answered receive it by faith receive it by faith this it is done it is finished it is taken care of you have received it the 
the holy spirit is willing today to bless you god has already released his blessings over your life and you have received it you are walking in victory you are walking in healing you are walking in divine health you are walking in freedom there is nothing there is nothing there is absolutely nothing that has any hold over your life you are free in jesus name we receive it thank you jesus thank you father come on let's just keep just just keep praying just keep praying thank you father thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you lord that your hand is upon lighthouse your hand is upon every person seated here your hand is upon everyone that is listening to these words father and thank you jesus that there is a divine impartation happening today god everyone that hears your word and receives it will receive the message of heaven thank you jesus that you are present here that more than our expectation more than our willingness to listen you you are more than willing father for us to receive the word father i pray that you will you will open your word to us reveal divine mysteries god open open your word so that we will understand jesus understand things that no one has understood before we know jesus you are you are ministering to us holy spirit you are ministering to our spirits and you're speaking you're speaking continuously so father we just receive we want to receive jesus we want to receive what you have to say today lord our hearts are open our minds are open these are your words jesus and so we receive as if you are here in person we receive directly from you jesus keep our hearts humble jesus keep us teachable lord we are your children and you are more than willing and so father we just receive and we thank you for how you're going to move in this place we give up control we give you control take over jesus thank you father in jesus name amen amen Amen. How many of you had a week of testimony? Week of testimony you encountered week of testimony. Amen. If you've heard any testimony over here that was spoken and it resonated with your heart and there was a desire in you that I wish I have a similar testimony, it becomes yours the moment you say yes and amen. Somebody's testimony can become your testimony. what happened in someone's life a miracle of healing can happen in your life just when you say yes yes and amen let it be done unto me amen amen so turn to your neighbor and say you are blessed you are blessed turn to your other neighbor who's who was your second choice uh you are blessed yeah you're also blessed you're also blessed amen 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 hallelujah turn with me to colossians chapter 1 verse 12 colossians 1 verse 12 i want all of us to read it together okay ready 1 2 3 giving thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light giving thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints god has qualified you isn't that a good news we didn't qualify ourselves god has qualified you god has qualified you it doesn't matter how much you love god compared to 
how much he loves you meaning if you are anxious about do i love god enough do i serve him enough do i show my appreciation enough that can only come if you are aware and if you know that he loves you we love because he first loved us without the knowledge of god's love for your life you cannot love him so stressing about do i love god enough god has done so much for me but do i love god enough what a filthy life that i'm living i'm still struggling with that same sin but jesus was crucified for me oh man how am i reaping it with a life of sinfulness how am i reaping the great grace that god has showered upon me i'm saying if you want to walk in victory if you want to walk in holiness if you want to walk in righteousness if you want to truly love god then you have to take the attention off yourself and put the spotlight back on god's love it's not about you being good it is about him being good it's not about how good you are but it's about how good he is so the question that you need to ask yourself is not that do i love god enough question is do you know that god loves you enough if that moves from a theological concept into the reality of the heart you will automatically love god if it moves from the concept to really experiencing the love it will become a it will become an automatic response you loving god will become an automatic response i don't know if you guys know the story you know when i when i got to know about betty ours was an arranged marriage and somebody introduced us and i got to know about betty i fell in love the first time i heard her voice i was in love but but the problem was i was so excited i was so much in love that i started telling everybody guys i'm getting married this is it she hasn't said yes to it yet but i am telling everybody as if this is final guys it's done i found the one this is it guys and then in a week's time she says no and now all that i'm worried about is how do i tell my friends that's not happening now i feel ashamed how do i tell them because i the way i told them i was so confident now how do i tell them but it took one more week of wooing her pursuing her that she finally said yes and then i was on cloud nine for the first time in my life when i woke up in the morning i could hear the birds chirping i could i could see the blue sky i've never seen that before i've never i've never experienced that kind of life life felt different red seemed red wow that's a good color my black and white life turned into color color everything was like i love life this is amazing all because i encountered love i was full of love full of love full of love love became the lens through which i saw life everything was good so when i'm driving if somebody cuts me I'm like yeah yeah go bro 
Have a good day. Somebody's overtaking me, I'm not worried. I'm not concerned. Why? Because I'm living in a different reality. I'm in Delhi, but my heart is in Bangalore because she was in Bangalore at that time. I'm constantly thinking how our life will look when we get married. Constantly. Constantly. My thoughts, my emotions, my consciousness, my awareness. She was not even there in Delhi, but I am always imagining her to be on my side. So even when I'm driving the car, I'm talking as if she's like, you know, I'm, yeah, my day was good. Trying to brag about how good I am at my office and the word that I received from the Lord and I'm talking as if she is beside me, but she's not beside me. The thing that you love, the thing that is in your heart will become the reality of your life. What you love becomes the reality of your life. What do you love? So it's not really about do you love God? It's really about do you know that God loves you? That God unconditionally loves you? If you can become aware of that reality that God loves me unconditionally. Oh man, he loves me perfectly. He loves me unconditionally. If you can become aware of that reality, I don't know, I think even the devil will start loving Jesus. There's nothing, you, you, can't, you can't be that bad. Any heart even made of stone will melt knowing that Jesus loves them. The problem with us is, we know the concept. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, this I know. Bro, why are you upset? Jesus loves me, this I know. Yeah, I don't know, life, man. It's, it has become a concept than a reality. Because it hasn't really sunk in. We're not really driving our life from that reality. How do you do it? How did I, how did I being in Delhi was so much in love with a woman whom I've only seen once and who is staying so far away in Bangalore because in my awareness, in my consciousness, in my imagination, in my thoughts, in everything that I did, I always saw her with me. God loves you. But can you see that he is with you right now? Can you see he is with you right now? Because that's the truth. He loves you. He is more closer to you than the clothes that you're wearing. He loves you. You know, you know, when I hear the Lord very clearly, when I absolutely hear the Lord very clearly without any doubt, is other times when I am actually hopeless. When I'm actually, I'm deep in sin, going through something very deep, depressing mental oppression anything anything that is that you think is not redeemable it's there I hear the Lord saying I love you son how perfect you are I might be doing the worst sin and I can hear the Lord saying isn't he beautiful isn't he amazing I love you and every time if I can just hold on to that word that God says over me I get out of it immediately. Immediately I can get out of it. Immediately. My friends, the Father 
is speaking a good word over your life. He is saying, you are my beloved. In you, I am well pleased. Now, you might be wondering, I did not do anything to please God. He is well pleased. He is not well pleased with your activities. He is well pleased with who you are. You are his son. You are his daughter. He is well pleased with you. But my activities are sinful. My activities are so bad. Yeah, but he's well pleased with you. He can't, he can't deny you. He can't reject you because you are his son and he is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. So he loves you. He loves you unconditionally. The greatest blessing that each one of us has received is not our promotion, is not our spouses. The greatest blessing that we have received from the Lord is Jesus. John 3.16, how does it begin? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loves you. If, if when you were sinner, when you were his enemy, oh, right? When you were his enemy, if he loved you, how much more can you encounter his love today when you have been reconciled to him by Jesus? When you are so far away from God mentally, if God loved you and demonstrated his love by sending his son Jesus to be crucified on the cross, how much more will he love you when you are reconciled to him? How much more will he express his love towards you when you are reconciled to him? We want to see cross as a symbol of his love and no doubt cross is a symbol of his love. But I'm telling you, cross is not the ultimate symbol of his love. The ultimate symbol of his love is your life. Your life. What he is doing in and through your life. God redeemed you. God, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 that God made you alive together with him. Raised you up made you seated with him at the right hand of God. God did all of that. Why? So that in the coming ages, he might show you the immeasurable greatness of his love. Why did God do all of that? That God made you alive, redeemed you from sin. He made you sit with him so close, so that in the coming ages, say with me, in the coming ages, in the coming ages, he can tell you how much more he loves you. So if you think you know God's love, can I tell you something? You have just begun to scratch the surface. You, you've only seen the, ice, the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more deep within. In the coming ages, he wants to show more of his love. Now you might be wondering, oh man, I used to be such a good Christian two years ago. Now I'm like, you know, I've not been praying and, you know, Pastor Sam keeps talking about spiritual discipline, blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you, what your past has been, you shall see better days. You shall see good days. Because it is not about your faithfulness, how true you were to this relationship. It is about His faithfulness. He is committed to you. He is committed to love you. He is committed to love you. You know, when, when you get married, you say vows like, in health and in sickness in uh, poverty and riches, right? You're making a commitment to be with each other. If two humans can make that commitment and keep it, how much more the God of heaven who never, who never turns back from his word, how much more is he committed to you? 
He says, I shall not leave you nor forsake you. I am committed in loving you. I'm committed. You have a God who is committed to love you. Hmm? He's committed. He loves you. He loves you. Today, can you put your focus on his love rather than your love? Because when you look at your, your life and you see, what have I done for God? Oh man, doesn't matter. Can you see what he has done? Can you turn your eyes' attention towards what he has done? And you know, I know my life. One of the secret of being consistent in God's love, my secret. I'm giving you my secret, guys. Million dollar. The secret is, the consist- if you want to be consistent in your relationship with God, you have to focus on His consistent love for you. Just be focused on His love that is consistently flowing for you. So every time I sit in my couch and I'm watching Netflix and I feel guilty, oh man, I didn't pray today, uh, I didn't pray enough and read the Bible, immediately I can change my focus. God, I know that you love me. I know that you love me. The more I start doing that, it picks me up from my self-pity and I begin to start worshipping automatically. It's not a struggle. Worship is not a struggle. Worship is automatic. If you can see God's mercy over your life, worship will flow automatically. Just imagine, just imagine Jeremy, you know, he he is in need of uh, 10,000 rupees. He's just in need of 10,000 rupees. That's all that he needs right now. And he's like, oh man, how, I, I don't know, how will I ask my mom? Will my mom give me? Will my, did my mom even get her salary? He's thinking about all of that. And I just, you know, bump into him and I say, hey Jeremy, you know what? Uh, let me give you 10 lakhs. His need was 10,000, but I give him 10 lakhs. What would be his words? What would be his words? He'll automatically give thanks. He'll be over, overwhelmed by the love. When you see God, you will be overwhelmed. When you see the goodness of the Lord, it has to overwhelm you. There's no other way. There's no other way. That's why Paul says in Colossians 1 verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. If thanksgiving is not coming automatically, that means you need to learn what God has qualified you for. You have no idea what God has qualified you for. You can't be a mechanical robot, you know, a robot, when you wake up in the morning and you were like, Sam, give thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this quote. Thank you, Jesus, for this word. You can't be a mechanical, you know, grateful person. Thanksgiving comes automatic. When you have a revelation of what the Lord has done for you. Oh man, God did this for me when I was living such a pathetic life. How can you be so loving, oh God? I, I, I don't know. That's why the psalmist says, who am I? That you're so mindful of me. He's not saying I'm dust and I'm worm and all of that. He's not, he's not you know, bringing himself low. But he's, he's just so overwhelmed by the love of God in his life. Oh God, who am I? Why do you think so much about me? I was just thinking about having that chicken leg piece. It was such a small matter and you gave it to me. As small as that, God is concerned about your very little, little details and desires. Why? Because he's committed to loving you.
He's committed. Just imagine a God who is committed to loving you. Imagine your heavenly father who is committed to loving you. He loves you. He loves you. You know, we think every time we backslide, we are the ones who bring ourselves back to God. We think, two weeks I did not go to church. Okay, somehow let me just push myself. And then you come to church and then you experience worship and you, you, you give a pat on your shoulders thinking that you were the one who brought yourself back. I'm telling you, it was God who finds you every time you get lost. He is not lost. You and me get lost. And he finds us every single time. He is a God who will keep pursuing you. Keep pursuing you. But you, you are like, I'm offended. I'm offended by the faster. I'm offended by the worship leader. I'm offended by this. I'm hurt. I'm angry. I'm jealous. Whatever it is, God will pursue you. Will pursue you. Keep pursuing you. Keep pursuing you. Keep pursuing you. Till your life is completely the image of Jesus. He will keep pursuing you. That's the committed God that we have. He's committed in loving you. He's committed. He's committed. Amen. Worship is automatic. Giving thanks is automatic. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? So bring your focus back from yourself towards God. Bring your focus. Because I'm telling you, what the devil will do, the devil will use spirituality to make you feel disqualified. He will, bring, he, he will say stuff like, you haven't prayed enough, how are you going to minister? You haven't fasted enough. Okay, I'm talking about myself. Let's share some of your examples. How, how can you pretend to be such a good person when you have all of these issues in your life? I know what you did last night. He will do everything to disqualify you. You haven't prayed enough. You haven't read the word enough. But you should tell the devil, I am not qualified because of the things that I have done. I am qualified because of what Jesus has done. He is my perfect sacrifice. He is my perfect high priest. Amen. You are not judged based on you and your activities. You are judged based on, your, on the sacrifice that represents you and the Holy Spirit that represents you. On the high priest that represents you, Holy Spirit. Based on the sacrifice and the high priest. Jesus, the better sacrifice. Jesus, the better high priest. That's why you shall have confidence all the time. All the time you should have the confidence that God loves me. I don't care how my week went, my month went, my this year went. But I am going to take the focus off of me. And I'm going to put the focus back on the goodness of God. That he loves me. That he cares for me. That his love is for my life. He is for me. He is with me. He is in me. He is sustaining me. His blessings are for me. Oh man, you bring the focus back to towards God. Amen. Any message that you hear, any message that you hear, where you feel the focus is back on you, it's not from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always point you to the goodness of Jesus. Amen. The work of the Holy Spirit is not to show how filthy you are. The work of the Holy Spirit is to show how good God is. Amen? So every time you sit and hear a sermon, 
ask the Holy Spirit, what am I seeing in Jesus today? Not what am I seeing in yourself, what am I seeing in myself? Because the more you see yourself, the more you'll get depressed. Easiest way to get depressed is, see yourself. Don't see yourself, see Jesus. Because as you see Jesus, as you behold him, your life begins to transform in the same image that you're beholding. You become what you see. You become what you see. You see Jesus, you'll become like Jesus. The more you see yourself, the more, I don't know, the more you'll become like... See Jesus. See Jesus today. That he, God loves you. Amen? God loves you. I'm telling you, you know, there are times when I... So, okay, let me give you a context. In 2012, I encountered the grace of God. The revelation of God. The revelation that God loves me no matter what. Oh man, I cannot fail anymore. It was a revelation that came and just transformed my life once and for all. And I started proclaiming I don't backslide. Because even when I fall, I fall in the hands of God. So that revelation really changed the paradigm of my thinking, changed my life completely. And every time I would hear a sermon, I would ask myself, is it pointing towards Jesus? If the sermon was not pointing towards Jesus, I would just completely ignore. I don't want to listen to the sermon. So when I started preaching, I was so intentional. I would tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit I pray that every time I preach, that I lead people to Jesus. That every word is a reflection of who Jesus is. Not a reflection of who they are and how pathetic they are. So I was being very intentional. So I would prepare messages, sermons, and every time I would just go through and ask myself, okay, if somebody heard this message, will they think about how filthy they are or will they think about how good God is? I just asked that message. I would ask, ask that question. That's how I prepared. And I started preaching. But surprisingly, no matter how well I prepared, after preaching, when I would ask some people, so what did you learn? They would be like, yeah, I feel so filthy, you know, I'm such a bad Christian, I need to pray more, I need to read the word more. And I'm like, man, are they, were they even sitting in the same room? Were they even listening to my message? It took, it took me, it took me marriage to understand what was happening. When I got married, once Betty asked me, uh, you know, this is where you put the dustbin. This is, you use this to wash this utensil and you use a separate, what do you call it, scrub to wash glasses. And I looked at her and I'm like, what is she trying to say? Does she think I'm stupid? She thinks I have no common sense? And immediately I heard the Holy Spirit say, she's not accusing you, she's not condemning you, she's just giving you instructions, just receive it and move on. And I learned from that experience that no matter how prepared my sermon is, at the end of the day, it's the condition of your heart that can point you towards yourself. You can hear the best sermon about Jesus, still go back home feeling filthy and frustrated with your spiritual life. Because your heart hasn't really received the good news of the gospel. It's not about me. Say it with your mouth. It is not about me. 
one more thing the world does not revolve around me <laughs> i'm telling you i'm telling you it's such a good thing it's not about me the world doesn't ah, okay because all this while i thought i was carrying the burden of the earth because if i don't do it the earth will not move on its axis it's not about me it's not about me the world does not revolve around me it is about jesus it's about jesus that's what galatians 220 says for i have been crucified with christ when you have been crucified with christ don't resurrect yourself just die die the i over there is the word ego in greek do you know what ego is you know your ego comes alive what jesus has died and what you have died what has died with jesus don't bring it to life let it die your ego needs to die let it die it's our ego that keeps bringing back the spotlight to ourselves how dare he talks to me like that did pastor was pastor using my testimony to address me my life dude it's not about you the world does not revolve around you pastor has better things to do but i'm saying our ego the, the ego is so strong that we want everything the spotlight to be on ours you know we we say this uh, statement that urta hua teer bhi aap aapne apne upar le liya you know like like an arrow that was thrown at somebody it was not meant for you but you took that also you caught it and you're like how dare he hurts me man but that was not for you that's completely our ego let me show you one example when you take a picture of yourself what's the first thing that you see in that picture who's the first thing that you see ourselves we want to see do i look good in in a in a huge group picture of 100 people you don't care how 99 people look as long as you look good the picture is good it's not about me the world does not revolve around me i have been crucified with christ i no longer live but christ lives in see it i no longer live but christ lives in me and the life that i now live in the flesh i live by putting my faith in the son of god i no longer live i don't put confidence in me at all do i pray of course i pray do i read the bible of course i read the bible why do i pray and read the bible for intimacy for intimacy okay but even if i if i missed a day of prayer does that mean that i'm disqualified no i'll always be a son as a child one day i missed going going back to my home and i slept over at a friend's place does that mean that my father will not accept me no i can go any time i want to because it's my home now it's my home you can go back to your father any time you want amen so don't put confidence in yourself at all just kill yourself when you're leading worship you're wondering i don't know if the lord is moving i don't know if the holy spirit is there i don't know if people are receiving don't put confidence in you you were asked to lead worship do your job and move on 
and believe that God has done it. When I preach, if I'm worried about how people are responding, if people are listening, and if, if I see two, three people sleepy, it just brings all my confidence down. I have died. I has died on the cross. I've been crucified with Christ. Don't put confidence on your flesh. Don't put confidence. Put all confidence on Jesus. Amen. Put all confidence on Jesus. I'm telling you, you don't need to pray 10 hours. If you pray for 10 hours, amazing. I'm going to tell you, it's powerful. It will change your life. But I'm saying, you don't need to pray 10 hours to experience God's love. One instant. One instant, one moment of genuine surrender and you will see God's love coming into your life like a mighty rushing wind. Instant intimacy. Instant intimacy. See, if me and Betty have a fight, have a conflict, the struggle is, even after the conflict is over, the struggle is who's going to reconcile? Who's going to say, I love you, it's okay, or I'm sorry? The struggle is that we're waiting. Okay, this time I'll not say because last 10 times I said so. I'll wait. But I'm telling you, your heavenly father is not like that. The moment you give him your attention, he'll come to you like a mighty rushing wind to hold you. He is somebody who pursues you in and out. He will pursue you again and again and again and again. But you might be thinking, but yeah, but I've been doing this like, he told me not to do this, but I did it like for the 10th time. He'll still pursue you. Because if there's any hope for you to get delivered from that thing the 11th time, that is his pursuit. That is his pursuit. Without his pursuit, there's no hope for us. Yeah? So, take the spotlight of yourself and put the spotlight back on Jesus. Begin your prayer. Begin reading the word from that place that God loves me. God loves me. I don't pray, I don't read the Bible so that God can love me. I don't make myself lovable for God. I'm telling you, nobody can make, we can't make ourselves lovable for God. But God loved you anyways. Why? Because you are his son, you are his daughter. Amen? The blood of Jesus did not make lovable, did not make you lovable. You were already lovable according to his standards. He thought you were worth his sacrifice. He thought you were worth the blood. Does it make sense? No, it doesn't make sense to my natural mind. But he thought it was worth it. So will you stop putting confidence in yourself and start putting confidence in him? He has qualified me. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified me to share in the inheritance of the Saints, he has qualified me. It's not about me. It's not about what I've done. Because he has qualified me, I will give you thanks. I will give him thanks. I will give all glory to him. I will give all praise to him. Because he has qualified me. Amen? Now here's the thing. Now irrespective of what you feel, how you feel, just believe. Believe in God's love for you. Believe in God's love for you. Forget, forget it. I'm saying, forget about if you can love God. But if you can begin to believe that God loves you. Just begin to believe that God loves you. You will see something resurrecting again which you thought was dead. You will see something being stirred up in your heart. 
and you'll see automatically you're falling in love with Jesus. Automatically. Amen? So, how many lovers of God? How many lovers of Jesus? Amen? We are lovers of Jesus not because of our ability to love Him, but because we can recognize that He loves us. Do you know what a privilege it is? What a privilege it is just to know that you are perfectly, unconditionally, deeply loved by God. There's a whole population out there in the world who has no idea. And they're living such an insecure, insecure life full of fear, shame, guilt and condemnation. But you know, you know that you are loved by Jesus. You know that you're loved by Jesus. Amen? Amen. So, lovers of Jesus keep focusing on Jesus. Lovers of Jesus, what do they do? Keep focusing on Jesus. Just keep focusing on Jesus. It's not about me, it's about Him. Not about me, it's about Him. So every time the devil will condemn you, say, it's not about me, bro. It's about Him. I'm not perfect. Yeah, great. But He is perfect. I am perfectly loved. I am perfectly loved. Amen? Are you guys ready? I'm not going to do anything because you have full freedom to encounter God's love. Okay? So just close your eyes and just see that the Heavenly Father looks at you with delight. He looks at you with delight. Just see him looking at you with delight. And see him speaking these words right now over your life. You are precious. My son, my daughter, you are precious. See the father speaking that over your life. 